You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolize Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome back, ladies and gents. It's been a long time for me. Dwayne, I know you've been holding down the fort. Um, getting closer to that time of year again. Episode 105 of Two Goalies, One Mike. Brought to you by Outlet Liquor for your place to get a case. Dwayne will tell you more about that later. For the good people at Outlet Liquor. Dwayne, how the hell are you? Pretty good, man. Actually, ecstatic with yesterday's news. Uh, the goat head will come back for, I think it was like 12 or 13 games next 12 season. 12 home games. And the announcement was pretty cool. The first one is... The 23rd of November against the St. Louis Blues and Ryan O'Reilly. Yep, that should be fun. Should be a lot of fun. Now, not only that, speaking of St. Louis, you got O'Reilly. I I wanted to talk about Tate Thompson. We'll get to that in a minute. Do you remember at the time the best prospect St. Louis had was Robert Thomas? Yep. And a lot of people were calling – um, for the GM's head, I think who at that time was it? It was um Murray, Bot- right? No, it was Botterill. No, it was Botterill that made, who traded Ryan O'Reilly. Okay, right. So, like a lot of people were calling for his head and, and making sure that we got um Robert Thomas. We get a Tage Thompson, we give mm-hmm. him a three year deal. Um, I think he's you know not not a 40 goal score, he's at 38 with 30 points, 68 points. It, it's and I didn't mean to transition to Tage so quickly, um, but it's just interesting looking back at that, is it not? Oh, it is, man. It's 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 kind of it's kind of crazy how uh, I wouldn't say like things come full circle, but I mean that's kind of what happened here. I mean it was uh, you know I remember being just as upset as the next guy over the, the Sabers not getting uh, Rob Thomas out of oh, that. I loved his game too, and he had a great season this year too. Years, he was a horse. Yeah, he's a great two-way hockey player. Smart, uh, quick feet. Um, I just, uh, you know, but we didn't really know what we had in Tage Thompson. The only thing I remember when when Tage you know, Thompson, go when, ahead. We, when we traded for him was that he had a couple cracks at the NHL and couldn't stick. Um, Maybe again, that was the situation. Coaching, did, who knows what it was? Or that now that we know how dysfunctional that locker room was with Jack and to some degree Sam, you know, kind of going along with it. I, I, the more I hear about it, brother, and me and you have talked off air about this, and I'm not going to shit on Jack or anybody. Actually, I am. I, I just feel like the culture's changed so much. Alex Tuck did such a great job, and so did Tage Thompson. Um, and and um, as I go through the, uh, I'm going to, you know, the goat head, 
is there any way for you to add the video? Because I think it was pretty cool how they had the, you know, the locker room. I, I, I want to tee up two videos. I want to bring up the video of them, them announcing that it's coming back. And I also want to show the video here, if you guys just give me a second, of when they first unveiled the Goathead jersey back in 96, 97. Um, I'll pull that up on YouTube here in a second. But, yeah, the way they did it. thousand people were there. Yep. Yep. For and, a jersey reveal, 15,000. Yep. And they just came off a really good season. Um, you know, and I'll give, I'll give the save, I'll give Buffalo, the Sabres credit, man. They've done a good job so far with, uh, a lot of the stuff they've done since, uh, you know, at least from a social media standpoint with how they've, uh, you know, tried to pay homage to the goat head. Um, I'm looking out in a video right now of somebody making like a sand candle, like a design. And they're, they're actually creating the goat head logo with a sand candle and it's like the logo sticking out of like the candle glass. It's actually pretty cool. It's, it's being tweeted out by the Sabres. And I'll, like I said, I'll give credit where credit's due. They, they have done a phenomenal, phenomenal job. And I'm going to share my screen here in a second. If you guys just bear with me. So I got it right here. Yes, this is the one. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Back it up, back it up. Oh, here we go. Beautiful. Look at the, the blue and gold locker room. I love it. The logo. What? Yeah, buddy. It's almost got like a Stranger Things vibe. Now, yeah, maybe man. watch Stranger Things. Like the, uh, yeah, I love the I love the look. It's 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 really nice. Um and I just hope they try and get the logo. I know there's been some, uh, there has been some, um, there has been a, like, uh, I'm trying to stop sharing my screen here. Okay, there we go. There has been some speculation on what the logo would look, the slight changes they made. Just like, just give me as close to it as you can, and I'm happy, you know. And, I'm you know, I, I tweeted out, remember, with like, the kind of, like, the last nail in the coffin that caused, like, the rant, you know, was 90s night. Um, those jerseys. Terrible job production wise. Yeah, everything rolling them out. Off, but it wasn't. That was a ticking time bomb because it wasn't just that. Remember? No, it was a culmination of a lot of things. And then what I went. It started with La Fontaine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like La Fontaine being forced out of the organization. Just um, the piss poor job they did uh, at Hashik's jersey ceremony. Uh, jerseys. You were the first one on that. Yeah, it was it, it was bad, man. It was really bad. Like they didn't have any former team, and one of his closest teammates, I'm assuming, Lewis teammates, you know, fellow Czech player Richard Schmelk still lives in in the area. I'm pretty positive he has like a dog, uh, either a dog, either a dog grooming business, or it's like a dog kettle, like you know, training dogs, um, like a boarding school or whatever. Um, he lives in the area. Wait, they, won gold they won a gold medal together. They're, wait, wait, they're... Richard Schmelich? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Schmelich's dog grooming? I love it, buddy. Like that. I, I don't know the name of the yeah. dog school. Yeah, it, it, it's wild. Account, think about all the Sabres, formers that either live in Buffalo or Rochester with the new regime, you know, between Kevin Adams and, you know, Jay McKee, who's coaching in the OHL. Um, mm -hmm. Just went to a Memorial Cup with the Hamilton Bulldogs. Couple clicks for Jay, friend of the program. Looking forward to getting him on this year. Um, but Dwayne, like, take us back. You know, 
Uh, a lot of people, I think we touched on it once. So I had my own radio show at Fredonia called The Good, The Bad, The Cully. A play on The Good, The Bad, The Ugly because I'm terrible looking. Um, but remember you coming on? Uh, we Our very first two episodes of Two Goalies on Mike were, were recorded years ago at the Fredonia radio station. And it was live broadcasting on 89.5 FM, yeah. um, WDVL. And, you know, we had a pretty solid listening. We, you know, at that point, it was between any time, anywhere, you know, it was lunch hours, right? It was like 1230 to 130. Um, but, you know, we had anywhere from 200 to uh, 1500 tuning in at any given point. Um, yep. And we had some fun with our episode. Um, and, and that was our experience in the booth. And I mean, not to sound corny, but me and you both walked out of there knowing, and we mentioned it on the walk back to our cars, like, besides checking out the college girls, um, we <laughs> mentioned like, Hey, like we got to do this. You know what I mean? You know, obviously you living in Tonawanda and me being in Fredonia, it wasn't feasible to have you on every time making you drive down there. Uh, and we didn't have the ability to do the phone-ins because well, we did until one of my asshole friends called in and we got a complaint from the FCC. Uh, cause they couldn't, we didn't have the delay. Uh, you can imagine how that went. We yeah. did a thing called hashtag ask Cully. But my point is this, this whole combination comes from you, you know, right after the rant, I just came home from Pittsburgh. I was driving back and forth, you know, you know, I, I have my kids, you know, half the week. And then I drive down to Pittsburgh and coach and live in my condo there. It was fucking hell, but it was funny. Our season just did that ended. Okay. Cause of COVID and your, your call had happened. What? Like a month prior, maybe. I can't remember. It was like in January, December, right? It was in like December, January when it right. made the call. And so uh, I, I got back in February and yeah. it was like we texted each other at the same time. Yeah, we literally, it was like we were in sync. It was funny. And like I was opening my phone to text you and I already had the text message coming That's in from funny. you. I was literally typing to you. And it's super funny um, to, you know, to bring back two goalies, one mic um, to kind of ride the wave that was happening. And I enjoyed it, man. I, I won't lie to you. I mean, you know, you know, if I look back at her things, some, some things I probably would have handled differently. Sure. But I'm sure anybody put in that situation, you know, would make a mistake or, you know, say the wrong thing too as well. But at the end of the day, like I felt in not putting myself my own pedestal here, but like, I felt like I really spoke for a lot of people at the time. hundred percent you did, buddy. You're yeah. not, hey, don't, don't think that at all because look, you got mentioned on spin chicklets. You got to appear on Steve Dangle. What else did you do? You like name all the rightful off some of the things you did. If people didn't agree with you and Rex respect your passion, yeah, you wouldn't have done all those things. Now there's always going to be haters, no matter what you do. Yeah, yeah. I've lived a very private life since I retired. Um, you know, besides you know announcing for the Spitfires and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But like once I had my kids, you know, I kind of quieted down. I ended my radio show, but to be thrust in the spotlight like that. I thought you handled it with elegance and grace. Now you're always going to have people that are jealous and, or just want to hate the hate. Yeah. And yeah, I think you've handled it really well. My main question to you was take us back to that moment and looking at it now, where, where do you like, how do you feel from then till now? Is it better? Is it the same? Is it worse? I think I know the answer, but like, Take us through from that moment of frustration and that beautiful, and I'm not trying to be weird here, but that beauty and that, that ferocity and, 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 uh, 
And the word I'm looking for is just that natural way the call went down. It wasn't scripted. It was pure passion. Yeah. And and it was a lot of energy. And even Shope and the Bulldog were like speechless. No, Shope wasn't, like, wasn't even on. It was Bulldog. Well, had that's Shope, probably why he got through. Had <laughs> Shope, yeah, had Shope been on, I would have cut off. Couple clicks for uh, Christopher Parker. Wonderful man. Yeah. I love Bulldog. Yeah, great, great guy, him and his son. Big, big uh, shout out to Owen too. Yeah. Had a great career. Um, if he decides to, you know, continue with coaches, you know, he's been out with me a couple times early, mm-hmm. earlier in the year. I love Owen. He's just such a fantastic human being. The whole family is. Um, and I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, love yeah. them both. And a uh, couple clicks to Owen for a great career. And I uh, can't wait to see what he does next. Um, but, you know, to answer my question, what, like from then until now, and considering all the moves, and you could take a second. But, like, where are you at now with the state of the Sabres? If you had to make that call right now, would it be a happy call? Would it be a, you know, you know, put shit or get off the pot? Like, words or whatever, you know, jersey or whatever. Give me games. Give me moments. Where are you at? I would say I'm about as optimistic about this team as I was when they – I think it was maybe Jack's third year. With second or third year with O'Reilly. And there was a lot of expectations, and we felt that we finally put together a team that could contend for a playoff spot. And then obviously we know how all that went. But but I I feel very, very optimistic because the pipeline, the the farm system is, is as plentiful as it's ever been. And I feel like you have a team that's very hungry. Like, and the biggest difference for me, and this is what irritated me the most, and I think this is one of the biggest things that set me off that caused that phone call was, you know, growing up watching this team, especially when they wore this jersey. Ooh, couple well, clicks from the lid. Yep, they wore they were considered the hardest working team in hockey for a few for many years. Hell yeah, uh, Lindy Ruff, baby. Yep, as, as, as we would come to the arena with our with these hard hats, these Sabres hard hats. Construction wait, hats. wait, 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 wait. It was after we got our ass kicked by the Leclerc and Lindros series where we had lost, you know, a bunch of first round exits. And then that's when that took over. Remember? Yeah, it was, it was, it was 96, 97, 97, 98 when that really started to to catch fire. But the, the, the thing was, is you look, even, even though there was clear as day when you line up our roster against a team like Philly, there's a clear, clear, Clear night and day difference in talent. There just was. You and had Eric physicality, and yeah, you know I mean, we, and we had the greatest goalie in the world in that who kept you in every night. But the thing was, the players in front of them, they would literally lay their face in front of a shot to block a shot. The block, you know what I mean? Like, and that's a culture they, thing. Yeah, they would they would put the they would put the other play, team through the, through through the boards. You know, like they, you, when you came to Buffalo, that made us proud to be Sabres yeah. fans. The hard hat comment. When you, when you, when you came to Buffalo, not only did you know that you were going to have a tough time to score on Dominic Hasek, but you knew that every single puck battle, any puck that was in the corner, any battle in the front of that you're going to get your teeth knocked in because you had to deal with Brad May, you had to deal with Rob Ray, Abby Bugner, Abby just, you know what I mean? Like all these guys who would literally just clean your clock for even touching the goalie for, for you know, to, 
to clean your clock to, to get a puck. And you, you, you felt that they knew how much this meant to you as the fan, and they didn't take it for granted. And for years, under all these different coaches, you could tell it was taken for granted. The guys were out there just going through the motions and collecting yeah. paychecks and not yeah. giving a shit about the people who were paying their hard-earned money, these you know nine to five, eight to four, you know full-time jobs to be there to watch them play and just give a half-ass effort half the time. And I want to stop you right there because that was part of the fury inside your passionate fan heart that was shared by so many people, right? Like yeah. at that given moment, I think that you spoke for 95% of Sabres fans. And it's why it was so popular at the time. Now, to transition really quick, we can play Alex Tuck's soundbite after this. Maybe we can sneak it in. But I want to read a quote because we're going to get to this in a minute. Tage Thompson recently signed. I know you went live. What's it called? The um, after, not I'll hang up and listen. Well, hang up and listen. And I was supposed to be a part of that. I got called, you know, my new business, uh, Big Game Goaltending. We're hitting in high gear. So, um, you know, going forward, just for the listeners to know, we're going to have a set release date every week. Should be available, what do we say, Monday mornings most days? Yeah, we're hoping for Mondays. You know, we'll either do a live recording, say, on Sunday or, you know, we'll, we'll record Sunday and we'll Depending release. on what's ho- happening in the hockey yeah, world. Yeah. It all it all, it all fluctuates if something big happens, like a Tage Thompson signing or a big unveiling, like, you know, hearing that the GOAT has coming back. Yeah, we'll go live. We'll do our best to, to get it in front of that. But, yeah, we're going to have a set schedule of one to two episodes a week. Can I segue into what I was about to say? So all of that pent-up frustration and all of the mistakes the organization made, they, back, they basically cleaned house – and for a little bit there, we were understaffed, and that was talk, something we talked about. Mm-hmm. But I think that Kevin Kevin Adams did a great job bringing in the right people analytically, bringing in uh, Calarmos. I'm, I'm saying his name wrong. Carmanos. Uh, Carmanos. But yeah. here's a quote from Tage Thompson, okay? And we'll, we'll get to his contract in a second. But it, it, it reminded me of the, the presser with Tuck, and it all ties in. Remember with Tuck it, talking about the, the black black and red jerseys and then Zemgis yep. um tweeted this pencil case, right? Because that's, that's a lot of the memories we grew <laughs> up with. Now, here's Tage Thompson. This is a place I want to be for a very long time. I want to be a guy that helps this team win and make the playoffs and win a Stanley Cup. And obviously, those are all just words, and you've got to put them into action. I'm excited to be a guy that's a Buffalo Sabre, and I think we've got a lot of guys in the room that feel the same way about our team as I do. If that doesn't fucking encapsulate and hit the nail on the head of everything that's changed culturally and from the players to the to this coaching to the scouting staff to the to the fans that's engaged us, like that for me from Tage Thompson gets me six to midnight. Good night, Jim Kite. Like I love it. Right. Yeah. How now, can you go not? back to Tages, and it's been touched upon. Um, I got to participate in uh, two of the USA Hockey Select Festivals, which is basically, ironically, they're held here in Buffalo. Back then, it was when I played, it was at St. Cloud State, uh, Herb Brooks Arena, right? But yep. now they're at the Northtown Center, the Pepsi Center, as we all know it. Um, but Tage Thompson. Uh, at the time, Donnie Granato was coaching the USA U18 NDP team, and he needed two players. He lost two players. And he had Tage Thompson on his team. 
Because for people that don't know, the top 200, you know, you try out locally in Buffalo, and then you go to, you know, what the New York State tryout and, you know, Syracuse. And then from there, maybe like six forwards, 4D, and a goalie or two make it on, right? So it really is the top 200. Then you all get split up. For example, when I was there, I was on a team with Nate Schmidt, the defenseman, and Nick Letty, okay? Um, but what's interesting is my coach then um, – um, blanking on his name. He coached at Denver forever. Oh, I'm going to never live this down. Steve Miller. Uh, I think he's at Ohio State now. But the point is this. Donnie Granato had Tage Thompson at 15, right? Before he yep. was ever a Sabres coach. Before Thompson was even drafted. And to me, that was just so, so interesting. Because when you look at Tage Thompson and, and why he blew up, how is that not like a huge part of that being the switch to center, Right. I mean, that's just having that inside information and knowing the development of the player that you had at an early age and, you know, what, you know, what you saw in him. And like, I remember the, one of the things that Don, that was said that Donnie told Tage was you got to start shooting. Stop, stop. You know, you, you, you're such a big body with a powerful shot. Shoot the puck. Stop overhandling it. Stop yeah. double clutching. Stop toe dragging. Get that puck to release. And, you know, to quote all the hockey pundits, what, what Tage did so well this year was that most of his goals came before the goalie could get set. Uh, I'm quoting, um, who's the Sabres guy that's on WGR, um, the beat reporter? Uh, Paul Hamilton. Paul. Paul said this like 100 times in every single interview. And, and it's funny, but it's true, right? Like you look at the difference and the way I teach my goalies is if we can beat the pass and then we can, you know, you know, be, be ready to adjust to whether it's a pulled shot or a put shot, the shot change angle. Tage accelerated and he put a lot of work in two summers ago uh, changing that, right, Dwayne? Because Correct. in the past, a lot of his shots were getting blocked, not getting through. And, and, and think of something that he put so much work in and look what it did for him. Correct. Right? It, like, it's just... And one of the things, I, I've, I've said this so many times. Um, he, he, he's a, he's a, like, he's a tree. He's so big. One of the tallest players in the NHL, um, you know, right up there was Zidonia Chara, but he played like he was the size of Gerby. And it was just, it drove me nuts. It's like, buddy, just use your size, use your reach, use your strength and protect the puck. You don't even have to stick handle it, man. All you gotta do is stick, you know, you know, keep your, lower your shoulder and just protect the puck, and he just would never do it. And he would just make low IQ, like infuriating plays. And I, I remember there was one well, I, I I lost my mind. Um, it was like a turnaround pass in front of in front of our own net, and he just literally threw it out, not looking, and it went right tape to tape. Uh, I forget who we were playing with a type of tape and an opposing player and an unbelievable scoring chance. And I'm like, who the fuck were you passing to, dude? There was no single saber. Wasn't a single saber sweater over there. It was like it was like Zach Wilson throwing a football. It was like it was like insanity. Fuck like, the New was, York Jets. There's only one football team in bar in New York. Oh, I know. I'm saying it was like Zach Wilson throwing oh, a I football. Know, I just get a dig at Zach Wilson. I used to oh yeah, for sure. I'll take a dig at Zach Wilson at all any time, like chance I can get. But it's just like, oh, like, bro, that. what are you doing? Like, what, what what was your head at there? And it was just like. But that just goes to show Don Granado's ability to, to to channel like the 
like get the best out of the player, right? Like, you know, calm him down men- mentally and just get I, – I, you're better articulating. You know what I'm trying to say, no, right? No, like, no, and I'll say it right now, okay? Uh, who was the last coach before Granado? <laughs> Ralph Kruger. Now, Ralph <laughs> Kruger, a very intelligent man, said all the right things. But you know what he did? He tried to implement a new style, a new way of playing the game. Now, listen, that's all good and well, and that may work sometimes, but people have already figured it out, okay? It's not some – John Cooper didn't reinvent the wheel with Tampa Bay, okay? Right? Like Jared Bednar isn't doing something crazily different. Now, there's always variations within four checks and and neutral zone regroups and and how we play our defensive zone, whether it's a boxing one or, you know, know, man-to-man zone. But, like, within the most part, it's pretty similar. Now, Ralph Kruger tried to do way too much, so he had his players thinking way too much about where they should be in his system. And here's the thing, Dwayne. As a goalie, you know this better than anybody. Hockey is a game of controlled chaos. Even though have whistles, you know, like football where it's play after play after play, where it's, you know, an individual set events, or like baseball, same idea. It's, it's an individual event, every pitch to every yeah. batter, right? right. Um, you can look at other sports, soccer, or lacrosse, like similar. But hockey is controlled chaos to me. And, and, and the way I explain it to my goalies and, and their parents are, we have no time to think out there, okay? We have to rely on our muscle memory and your hockey IQ, right? So when you're dealing with professionals, Instead of trying to reinvent the wheel like Ralph Kruger did and, and limit these guys, you have to find a way to let them play, not, I don't want to say freely, but like freely within a system and, and have a structure in place that doesn't limit them. And what Ralph did looking back, and I was a defender of Ralph, and, you know, and I'll, I'll take that, right? I'll eat that. I'll pay the fine. Uh, clap a couple yeah, for the fine job. So was everybody. So was everybody else, though. Like he did say all the right things, and he did. He said all. Yeah. He used all the right mannerisms. It was just like your point. He 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 almost hindered everybody. You saw it most with guys like Thompson and Darlene. Darlene had a breakout the, a year and just got named as a top twenty defender in the NHL. Under Kruger, that's not possible. We saw a regression with Darlene, and the best thing that Don Granado did, and it goes back to my original point of him recognizing. He picked two players at the U at the 15U camp to play up on the U18 development team. You know who he picked? Troy Terry and Tage Thompson. Yeah. Troy Terry has cemented himself in USA hockey lore by scoring that shootout goal in the World Juniors. I think it's 2018, maybe 19. Could be wrong, but we beat Canada in Montreal. Suck at Canada. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I love you guys. Uh, Was it Link the Cup the uh, the goal that shouldn't have ever counted? Yes. Um, and speaking of the Holinka Cup, a friend of the program, Quentin Musty, uh, we we had a little trade. Me and my daughters made him, uh, you know, we put in a plaque. Uh, I, I traced out the jerseys, the USA 1960 jerseys, uh, and they colored them in. And then they uh, Reese put, go get them, Mr. Q, and had me put, good luck, Quentin. And then they decorated it. But, you know, it's just, you know, we're really tight. And Quentin's going to come on the show. I can't say enough about this kid. I hope the Sabres grab him. I don't know if we'll be high enough to pick him. 
but game used. Uh, Holinka Gretzky gloves. Love them. Love Quentin. Love the Musty family. His younger sister, Mac, is going to be um, an Olympic starting goalie for the U.S. within 10 years. I'll bet my life on it. Um, but, yeah, that's the game that never should have counted. Um, that Holinka game from, you know, back then. Yep. But Don Granado's ability to identify talent, but also work within their own talent to, to like the move to taking Tage and recognizing that he should be a center. And you know what it created? It gave Tage a lot more room. And Ocposo had a great quote. And um, I hopefully I can pull it up here. Um, give me one second. Um, that's not in here. Um, but, you know, Ocposo said it best. And, and, and hopefully I can get it here. Um, yeah, I'm not getting it right now. Yeah, I'll pull it up. But like, Ocposo. On that note, where where's Ocposo for you? Are you happy that he's still here? Yeah, hundred percent. I uh, I, I this time last year I wouldn't have said that. You know, it was getting to a point for me where you're. I mean, you, you, he can't help his contract, and he also can't help about the injuries. But like. But he's been great the past couple of years as a, as a leader. And, and I think that, you know, when, when you look back to Eichel and Riley O'Reilly being here, I think there's a lot of adversity in that locker room. And Kyle Ocposo, while being a steady older voice, I think those two young guys, and I'd say Ryan O'Reilly as much. I'm thinking, I'm talking about the, the Jack Sam dynamic, kind of like, well, fuck you, buddy. You're the reason we're in Cap Hell. And you know what? The difference is, you know, talk. And, and Cousins and Tom Murray all embraced this. This is what pointed this out to me, okay? This is a quote, okay? So, Thompson tied for fifth in the NHL with 25 goals on home ice. He was also fourth in the league with goals uh, above expected. Um, here's the quote from a Kyle Poster that really stood out to me, and I want your thoughts on this, Dwayne, okay? Okay. Tomer was the guy that we saw it every day in practice. Sabres alternate captain Ocposo said in May, every day in practice was like, this guy's unbelievable. He's the best player on the ice. And for whatever reason, earlier in the year and last year in the games, like he just didn't have the confidence or it just wasn't translating. And now you see like we've seen it for years. We as the fans. Uh-huh. And just the way that he makes moves, the way he protects the puck, his ability to make his line mates better. That's something that if you're a top like center like he was this year, that's a huge component to it. And he made his line mates better this year. Like 100 percent buddy, if that doesn't get your juices flowing, coming from a guy that played with Tavares and signed his big ticket from a guy that made his line mates better, that has seen somebody, you know, do it at all levels, that gets me going. I, I just I it, love it that does. this group wants to be here. And I really felt like it started with Tuck coming over in that introductory press conference. That's why I was so big on just throwing the C on Alex Tuck because it, you're hard pressed to find any guy, you know, in a trade going, especially from a team that was a, at, the, at the time a Stanley Cup favorite, get trade from that team to the Buffalo Sabres and what we had just gone through the previous two seasons to have a smile that big on your face that Alex Tuck had. And just so ready, he, he wanted he wanted to start playing the you know that the next day that day, you know he wanted to get the Sabers uniform on. It was just a breath of fresh can air. Can I play it? Can I play it real quick? Yes, you can. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, 
I grew up next to Tim Conley, who played here for years. Uh, most teams, I mean, I, I could probably name most of the guys, uh, Breer, Drury, Thomas Vanek, Tim Conley, uh, Jochen Hesch, Andrew Peters, Brian Campbell with the Spinorama, you had Maxima Finneganoff. I mean, I was I was a big Sabres fan growing up, so I loved watching those guys. Uh, I mean, uh, the team tweeted those pictures of my dad and I at the Sabres game with the, the old red jerseys, so maybe we'll bring those back. I'm not sure. That, that would be pretty cool, honestly. <laughs> How cool is that, dude? How about, how about how about you let me bring it up real quick, and we actually get a good look at your phone. Sorry, you know? dude, I just got a little horny about it. No, it's fine. Let me see if I can find it. Well, um, while you're finding that, I'm gonna read the details. Let me know when you're ready. So, Tom agreed to a seven-year, fifty million contract extension. Okay, here's the beauty of it. Okay, the guy scored. Uh, he signed a three-year bridge deal. I think about worth one point four. Uh, yeah, so right. 4.2 over three years, guys. So we still we had a so okay. next to Tim Conley who played here for years. Um, those teams, I mean, I, I could probably name most of the guys, uh, Briere, Drury, Thomas Vanek, Tim Conley, uh, Jokin Hash, Andrew Peters, Brian Campbell with the Spinorama, you had Maxima Finneganoff. I mean, I was I was a big Sabres fan growing up, so I loved watching those guys. Uh, I mean, uh, the team tweeted those pictures of my dad and I at the Sabres game with the the old red jerseys, so maybe we'll bring those back. I'm not sure. That, that would be pretty cool, honestly. Fucking love it, dude. Uh, thank not, you. Not, well, hold on real quick. Look at some of these things that they that they've tweeted out, though. I mean, as you can see right here, Baran, new profile pic. Right. You know, uh, you know we'll uh, real quick, earlier. real we'll quick, UPL signing his two-year deal. Uh, average let's, save deal. That. let's save that for the end. Yeah, we'll save that for the end. Um, Michael, uh, Jason Woolley, a tweet on a picture of him and Pekka. Oh, a wool banger. Yep. Yep. And just, uh, they've done a good job so far. And then the NHL, in my opinion, dropping the ball, not nothing against Ryan Miller or, or Tim Conley or, uh, Briere Jury or Fennegunov. Uh, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, uh, if the NHL is going to hit with some goat head nostalgia and you leave out the greatest to ever wear the goat head Jersey, I mean, maybe it's me being biased. To leave out Dominic Cash is a little bit kind of a sin, personally. Well, you know what's you know what makes me giddy, all right, and 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 you you showed it there, but the uh, the the fit that the goalies had, like, can you guys see that? Like like the goalie gear that Miller had, even for the one year he was here, right when he first got called up, but Dominic Kashik making that blocker save that was on the Mastercard, right commercial. Mm-hmm. You remember the blocker save? Yeah, crazy two thousand. Um, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, they dropped the ball on that. But going back to his, his contract, right? So the Sabers bet on themselves here, and I think it's so smart, Dwayne. The cap's been pretty flat due to COVID and escrow being paid out, mm-hmm. and it, it you know it's jumped only maybe like a one million. I think it's at eighty two and a half this year. Now think about this, okay? We have this guy who was a thirty eight goal scorer. And I'm going to round up like um, Paul Hamilton did and Sal Capaccio this morning and say he's a 40-goal guy. Guys, a 40-goal guy in eight years, seven years, is going to be making – got to think in seven years, the cap's probably going to be closer to $100 million, right? Agreed? Yep. Okay. You're looking at a 40-goal guy 
whether he's your top-line center or your second or third on a Stanley Cup contending team. And I'm not saying that's close, but we talked about that earlier. And when you look at it, think about this, guys. If you have a, a, a perennial, even if he doesn't get 40, you have a 30-goal guy at locked in at 7.14 in, for, in, let's just say, in five years, right, in 2027. Yep. And now – Guys that are scoring 25 are getting 10 million a year. Think about the steal that is. Here's the best part we got that 68 point season, 38, 38 goals, 30 points, okay, and 78 games. So you add in four more games, he's probably going to get, you know, as a pace he was, he's probably going to get 40. He's probably going to pass 70 points. If you get that, like even 25 and, 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 and 30, right? Or, or 30 and, and 30, like that next year at 1.4. Are you kidding me? It's, it, you know, for me, it's like, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to compare. Okay. I'm not going to compare these two players because they're not comparable, but look how great that Nathan McKinnon, McKinnon contract has been for Colorado. Ah, different, different, different. I know. That's why I'm saying I'm not comparing the players. I'm not comparing the players. Look how great it's been because it's given the, the the flexibility to put the team that they put together together, right? Now with the yeah. cap going up, which it will, which it will, it's going to explode. Is, I, I promise you guys, it will. It'll go up instead of you know 0.5 million the past three years. It's going to go up a million five, two million a year. What if Tage next season or the following? Because me personally, that contract, if Tage has the exact same season next year, contract is worth it. 100%. How is it not? But if he turns into he's going to be the most valued player in yep. the league when it comes to, you the know, value. So what if he turns into an 80 to 90, 95 point player, depending on the way possible? And it's a steal. That's why, like, when, that's why I compare the contracts bang for your buck, right? Well, here's here's his comparables right now. Josh Norris is making closer to eight million dollars a year with the Senators. He's only had you know he had, he had a good year, right? Yeah, a great year. But like, I'd rather have Tage Thompson than Josh Norris, no doubt about it. Josh Norris is a hell of a player for the Senators, and you know, a couple of clicks from my old coach DJ Smith that taught me everything I know about coaching and hockey. Uh, he's done a good job up there, but like. This deal, and it almost goes back to the comparables with Allen because when we got Josh Allen's deal done, think about Russell Mills, Russell Wilson's contract. There's been like eight quarterbacks signed since Allen, and Allen's better than all of them, and he's making less. So it's the same comparable. It's wonderful, Dwayne. And you look at a guy like that, and a quick quote from Kevin Adams. Tage Thompson embodies everything we expect from every player who wears the Buffalo Sabres sweater. His success last season is a testament to his unrelenting dedication to his craft and commitment to bettering the team both on and off the ice, which we believe will help us reach even greater heights moving forward. I dude, like I'll go back to his another quote from Tomer. Uh, this is a place I want to be for a very long time. I want to be a guy that helps this team win and play off the Stanley Cup. And obviously, those are all where I read that earlier. Like I, any, I've heard a couple people like push back on this. Like, oh, this is a. And Paul Hamilton was one of them. This is a signature move for Kevin Adams, right? That could cost him his job. 
Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it's going to be a signature move. Ain't going to cost him his job. It's going to solidify oh, him as one of the shortest, like most awesome moves ever. It's not like you signed in a nine, nine and a half million the way the way Botterill did Jeff Skinner. But at the same time, I don't even blame Botterill for the scare because it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, like, and, and you know what? At that point, Botterill was probably already knew he was on his way out. He probably wanted to just try to make a splash and, and capitalize on the 40 goal season he had the year before. Yeah, but you know what? How do you take um, that guy? Well, Kruger, we can say now, and Jeff Skinner has is, is been classy as fuck. Mm-hmm. And take it from me, a guy, this guy abused me in junior hockey. Okay, he was one of the first guys to do figure skating before it was, but you know the 10 to 2 moves where the guys open their hips. Yeah, Carr's a genius at it. And I only played against Skinner for two years because he played that year and then he got drafted and he and then he made Carolina the year after. In four games against him, that guy abused me. Mm-hmm. He's a classy man off the ice. He even came and, and tapped me on the pads. It, like or like on the way out, he didn't need to stop and say good game to me. Um, you know, they ended up winning two to one. Um, I think Tobias Ryder or Ryan Murray sc- Murphy scored the game winner, but it was a game that we should have lost six five. He walked all the way around Kishner Memorial Auditorium, waited for me to leave the room. I was the last guy, and he just said, Hey, great game out there. That was a lot of fun. You're a great competitor. Good luck. Like like I like I have a, I know we have a lot of Skinner naysayers and I was one of them, but it's very clear and I respect the hell out of him for not coming out in the public and saying it. That remember we we projected that something happened in training camp where Ralph Kruger just didn't see him fitting in. Yeah. What happens when Ralph Kruger leaves? Didn't Skinner have a bounce back year? And thirty plus goals. Yeah. Fucking a rights he did. Okay. So I mean, five just, on five too. Most of his goals were five on five. It's just it's just really interesting. Now, um, I wanted to to talk to you about um, some of the stuff that's going on in the league before we get back to everything. Okay, um, okay. a couple of quick notes around the league. Jake Ottinger, okay, another American-born goalie. Um, he, you know, obviously he had that crazy run with Dallas in the loss to the Flames, where he barely landed anything. Right, he signed a three-year, twelve million dollar contract. Uh, for an average, av- like a bridge deal, just like Cage signed a few years ago. $4 million for Jake Ottinger? Fuck. Give me him right now. Never mind. We got Levi. Okay. But think about it. Ottinger and Ukapagalukin are, are in the same draft class, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, the 23 year old goalie was a restricted free agent. He went 30 15 and one with a 2 5 3 goals against average and a 9 14 save percentage with two shutouts in 48 start or 48 games, 46 starts. Although Dallas lost to Calgary in seven in, in the first round, Hottinger against Calgary, who was the highest scoring offense in the league, or no, sorry, top three, he had a 1.81 goals against average. We're talking Hatrick numbers. 954 yep. save percentage and a shutout. He made 64 Wild. saves in game seven and they lost in overtime 3 2. Right. We're, no, so, all right. So I just, wanted, I just wanted to mention that American yeah. kid. You know, we got Jimmy Craig behind me. I know he'd be proud. Just, um, just to wrap, just, just to wrap up, just to wrap up, kind of like. You know, the same, not this just the Sabres talk, but obviously we covered Tage Thompson a little bit, and I'll hang up and listen. And just now, I think it's a great deal. I think they, they, 
they absolutely, you know, hit that one out of the park, especially if he even just produces the same, a similar season this season as last. Um, I still think there's moves to be made. I mean, I, I, th- I think this 95% of this r- roster is, as you see it, where you're still going to have Quinn and Paterica fight to get on this team. I don't think it should be just handed to Quinn. I think he should be made to fight for it. Um, you know, Paterka had a great season in the O and the A last year with Rochester was also a point of game player. I'm almost positive. I am a huge JJ Paterka guy, dude. He's, like an, he's a better, he's be a Brad Marchand type player. Well, here, here, he is great of a goal scorer as Quinn is. The, the he JJ is the better 200 foot player. He's a smart, he, you know, not, oh, I'm, not yeah, he's, I'm not sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, finish. Not saying he's smarter than Jack Quinn. But when push comes to shove, man, and you you you, you, you like, are you are you putting Jack Quinn out there at the end of the game when you're protecting the lead, or are you putting JJ Paterka out there when you're protecting the lead? I, I think your I mean, I think he's seen. a more well-rounded player. I think your remains to be seen, but for Paterka, right? He plays both sides, right? Yep. He's 20 years old. Um, he's got two games played. Uh, he was drafted 34th overall in 2020. Okay, mm-hmm. when you look at Jack Quinn, okay, projected to be in the Sabres lineup, um, you know, I'm pretty sure he was a center and in, 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 in junior, no? I want to say he was, yes. But he's now listed as a right wing. Here's the beauty of it. You, you know, Let me read off the Sabres depth chart really quick, okay? Projected depth chart. Okay. Skinner at <laughs> – this is so awesome. Skinner, Thompson, and Olsen on the top line. Skinner's lifted at both left and right wing. Tage Thompson listed at center and right wing, center on this line, of course. And Victor Olofsson can play both, okay? Um, And and the reason I'm getting to this is because Dylan Cousins has played um, mostly on the right side and center. He played on the left side for Team Canada in the World Junior or the World Championships. He scored Mm -hmm. the most goals in the fucking tournament. The versatility of this forward group. Now, Think about it, guys. Every if, if you don't know, every most a lot of these forwards in junior and minor hockey, you're the best player, you're one of the best players on your team. You're going to play center, right? We've all known that, Dwayne. Now, it's, the guys, it's, it's it's the highest, it's most like uh, the player that holds the most responsibility on the ice for me is always in the offensive zone will always be the centerman. And well, defensive zone, too, defensive right? zone yeah, defensive, you're the most important player. Well, I would yeah. say the defensive zone is the goaltender, but uh, that's why I said the offensive zone. Two goalies, one like we're yeah. gonna have that answer. No, but like when you when you look down, like this, it's just crazy to see the versatility. Cap friendly doesn't usually put multiple positions. Here's our second line: Peyton Krebs listed at left wing, but he's he's also center left wing in his position slot chart. Centered by Middlestat, who just has center, but we've seen him at wing. And then Alex Tuck listed at right wing on that line, but he can also play right and left, right? Yep. Keep in mind, everybody except Jeff Skinner I just mentioned is under the age of 27, okay? And he just is my age. He's 30, okay? Or close to it. Um, next line, Rasmus Aspen listed at left, left wing. Dylan Cousins at center. Jack Quinn at right wing. On this line. Outside of Jack Quinn being listed at right wing, I swear he played center, but they listed his possible positions. Dylan Cousins, center, left wing, and we know he can play right wing now. Yep. Asplund, left wing and right wing. Okay. The versatility, the versatility of this forward group is insane. 
And the fourth line, you got Henestroza lifted at right wing and left wing on this fourth line projection. He's left wing. Kyle Ock, or uh, Kyle Postles on the right, uh, which he's played most of his career. Uh, Zemius Gergensens is listed playing center on that left fourth line, but he's also center left wing. Let me go through this one more time. Uh, you take away Kyle Postle at 34. Okay. And Jeff Skinner, not even Jeff Skinner. Outside of Kyle Poso, 11 of our 12 projected forwards are under the age of 20 or under the age of 30. Okay. And then hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of the 12 are under 25. What? How can you not be fucking jacked up right now to be a Sabres fan? I know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely stoked. And just the, like you said, the youth movement of this team. And you know, hey, by the, the way, that's not even go ahead. The amount of cap space we have to utilize, um, you know, again, like even if you don't like the Tage Thompson deal, how can you not? Space. What is the argument? I say, but look at the cap space, you have to spend money at some point. Like, you what's, have, you what's have to the argument? I have yet to hear an argument other than Paul Hamilton and, and Sal Capaccio. I have a lot of respect for Sal and them, but. Outside of them projecting that this is going to be a miss or a signature move of Adams that might get him fired, fuck that. You have a 40-goal scorer at 1.4 for this year, and then he's going to average. Dude, you're going to see guys that score 25 goals in three years. So two years into Tage's contract, making 7.14, you're going to see guys that score – 15 less goals than him, probably 30 less points than him, mm-hmm. signed for $9 million. Yep. And then three years later, at the end of his contract, you're going to see guys sign for that same number, around 20, you know, let's just say 50 points. You're going to see guys sign for 10. And it's so amazing that we got this done now. The more I think about it, the more I love the deal, Dwayne. What is one negative thing you've heard from fans? And, and anybody I mean, listening, think, please let us know. Because if you can let I me know one negative, up. please do. Um, I think I think the biggest criticism that really holds any water is just getting paid after one year of production, after how many years of no production. Yeah, but who has known him since he was 15? I, I, that's where I agree with you, 100%. That's why I, I, I have so much faith in Don Granato to get even more out of Tage Thompson next season. This coming season, so buddy, when um, I listened to the press conference, they Kevin Adams and I just read it from Kevin Adams, but hearing Don Granado speak on Tage Dwayne, they both said on the record multiple times that he's not even close to scratching the ceiling. For those that are don't understand the ceiling part, every player has a floor and a ceiling, right? Mm-hmm. Floor is the worst they can be. Okay, ceiling is the best possible that they could be. So a guy like Nathan McKinnon is obviously his ceiling is untouchable. We don't even know what it is. Or Cal McCarr, untouchable. Mm-hmm. Okay, they've played above like expectation, even though expectation was high. But like we're talking about a guy in Tage Thompson, where even if he isn't at his, he's nowhere close to his ceiling. How no, old is he? He's twenty-four he's- years old. He's as tall, six, six, as tall, six, seven. As tall as he is, he hasn't touched his ceiling yet. Not even come close. So Guys, I, uh, I, I'm not upset about the contract at all. He I mean, led but outside of 
Jack Quinn, well, he didn't play. This is that's he Jack Quinn played two games and he had two points, so he was a point per game player. Yeah. You know who, else, who our highest point per game guy was? Would have been Tage Thompson at 0.87. Well, I know. I I thought you were referring to somebody else other than Tage Thompson. All right, guess the next one. He's Skinner? on Tage Thompson's line. He's our second most highest played player. Or Skinner. no, highest played player. Skinner. Yep. After yep. that, who do you think? Mm. Uh, Golden Boy, we just traded for him. I was thinking Alex Tuck. Yeah, and then right after him, who do you think we got? Power play specialist, left-hand shot. Olsen? Yep, and then he's .68. So here we go. .87 with um, with Tage, K okay? Skinner at .79 points per game. And let's not forget, okay, Jeff Skinner put up in 80 games, 33 and 30 for 63 points. For all the people bitching and moaning, all he needed to do was get the cancer out of the locker room and a coach that believed in him. All right, but hey, it's a fun exercise, Dwayne. So we've touched on a couple. Okay, okay. we got Tuck out of the way. Yeah. He's at 0.67. And then we got Olofsson at, at 0.68. Who do you think's next? There's a big drop off. No, there's not. No, there's maybe, not. Maybe he had I, the best I, year in his Sabres uniform. He's been here for a while. I suppose so. What do you think he had this year? Points I think per game. He had either 19 or 20 goals. I think so he, he had, had 21 goals and 24 assists in 74 games. Without right. doing the math, what do you think that rounds out to? Yeah. 0. 0.61. Uh, yep. That's incredible. He's our fourth line player and a leader. Now, mm-hmm. here's an argument I want to ask you before we move on to looking at other stuff. You brought up giving Tuck to see. I mean, it could go either way. I, I think it's probably going to Ocposo because of the time he's put in. But me personally, I think, again, going back to my point about finding a guy who is as excited as he was to be a Buffalo Sabre, especially before we really made that culture shift, you know, before that happened, um, I would I would rather see it on Alex. But I, I'm happy either way, honestly. What if we... Uh, you know what? I don't want to nitpick here. I I almost think that like what I did on like the, what we did in Windsor when Ellis left, we had a young group, and instead of naming a captain, we had four assistants. Right? Two wore it at home, two wore it away. Um, and and I honestly, if you're choosing four, let's do it that way. If you're choosing your four assistants, you can go either go one captain and three assistants. Or four assistants with, you know, you know, alternating who's the. I'd like uh, to see co-captains next year, personally. If you ask me, I'd like. I to don't see know if that's allowed anymore. I I don't know either. If they a home a home captain and another. I thought they banned captain. that. I don't know. I have no idea. You're um, right. You're right. The last time I remember it happening was somebody being a captain at home and away, but I think they did away with it. I I don't know, but that's it, me per, per, preferably. That's what I would like to see, but. Um, so, wait, I mean, so who's in your top four? Let's just say leadership group. Why? I, I would say, I would say it, it's gotta be Tuck, Akposo, um, just in the leadership role, Gergensen's and I fuck it. Give it to Darlene. Yeah, I agree. So here's what bothers me with Gergensen's and Akposo. They're both unrestricted after this year. Yep. 
Would love to have them back, but they're both going to – Ocposo is not coming back at $6 million. He's going to be below two and a half, right? Yeah. Gerdinson's, I could see him coming back. You know, maybe he takes a slight, depending on how he does, you know, because he – you know, yep. with the injuries, he only had 18 points in 56 games and, and a minus seven, only playing 14 minutes a night yep. for .32 points a game. I, I Listen, I'm not judging anybody that, that goes through an injury – from somebody that had five surgeries and ended his career not on his own terms. I, I don't mm-hmm. like the way that my numbers looked when I wasn't healthy. I wish yeah. I would have sat out longer and played healthy because numbers don't lie and the tape doesn't lie. So I like that. All right. Looking at our defensemen, though, I would really like to do this exercise again really quick if you don't mind. Okay. okay. Um, for points per game. Darlene's at the top. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Let me get there. All right, so for last year, oh, wow. Holy shit. Do you want to take a gander? You're right, Darlene is first. Um, what do you think his number is? He 80 games played, 53 points, 13 and 40 assists. So he's probably roughly around like a 0.62, probably a 0.63. 6 6. Okay. You fucking good at this, You're a good math guy, but dude, Not as really. a defenseman, that's why he's named. And I'm gonna write, I'm gonna segue right after this into into the top twenty D article, Dwayne, and then we can let you take over what you want to talk about with the Lucan and everything else. Uh, but going through, we only have five more D. Okay, so I'll give you their names. All right, you got Samuelson, Owen Power. Owen Power only played eight games, so that might be a little swayed. Yoki Haru, Jacob Bryson. And Ilya Labushkin, who didn't play for us last year, uh, who would it have been? Uh, Casey Fitzgerald, he played 36 games. Yeah. And, you know, Lawrence Pilot. Anyways, so let's go through those. So you you hit the nail on the head with the first one. 80 games played for Darlene, 13 goals, 40 assists, 53 points for .66, 24 minutes a night. God damn it, I love it. But you yep. know what I love more? We talked about it before the show, Dwayne, and you brought it up. Now with power, Darlene isn't going to be having to play against the top line every night. No, you. So eat. I am expecting, and I put a bet down. I'm not a big better because uh, I got kids' college funds to worry about. Um, I put money on Darlene to be a dark horse just to finish in the top three for the Norris. I, I don't think it's completely out of the question. I think he's going to get better under Granado. I think that he's just going to keep developing and growing. And now, like you said, it's going to be it's going to create a lot of confusion for matchups for the opposing teams. Now having what about power. at home? What about at home? Because Granado's a mastermind at this. Having last change, I I I believe it, man. I think you know he's going to get his power play points. Um, but now it now you have teams. Second guessing who they're gonna want to throw out there. Oh, you want to play against Owen Power or Darlene? You're yeah, trying. exactly. It, it's it's you know. Oh, and you want to play against Darlene? Well, hey, Sanderson's gonna, gonna fucking you out, knock your teeth out. Yeah, now we're gonna send you out against Labushkin and uh, Owen Power. You know, you pick your poison or Jacob Bryson. You know, whatever it is. And I love yeah. that depth. Okay, but to get through this, let's get let's get through it. Okay, so you had number one with Darlene. Okay, now yeah. Owen Power. Um, he played eight games with three points, just so you know. So obviously it's going to be higher, but yeah. Um, uh, no, who do you think's next? Fuck. Yogi, how are you? No. Small sample size. 
I kind of just gave you the answer. Is it Owen Power? Yeah. Even with no, – I mean, I'm just saying, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he should count this exercise. But, um, I know, but point three eight. that's not bad for eight games. No, and no. And here's the best part. He's second on the team in ice time with 22 minutes as yeah. a fucking 19-year-old. Not surprised at all because, you know, you're trying to see – you're trying to get him as much ice time as you can. Absolutely. Get as much time – get him as much ice time as you can. And um, – You want to hear something funny? He was the only Sabres player to be uh, plus. <laughs> again, small sample size. Defense, again, small sample size, but at the same time, you're tr- you're trying to get this kid oh, as much. Eight games, dude. He's a plus three. You, but you're burning a year of that entry level contract in those eight games, so you're gonna no, give. We it. You got to play ten, buddy. No, I I think it's different now, bud. No, it's not. It's no, it's not. Pretty sure it's different now. You gotta play ten. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty you sure. Gotta play ten. I'll look it up right now. But I will um, bet my fucking shitty Mitsubishi. You can keep the car seats. You gotta play ten. I'm That's why sure we here. brought him in when we did. Remember, he got here and he didn't play right away. He played. He played right away. No, but you remember how instead of coming right after they lost, he didn't get into that game that night? I'm pretty positive we burned a year. Wayne, takes 10 games to start your ELC, bro. I'm pretty positive it's eight, but. Why are you? Any are, player, are you any... What do you have to back this up? It's been 10 forever. You play 10 games. Why do you think teams keep the forwards in the beginning one of the second. year with their players for nine games and then send them down? One second, bud. Just give me one second. Look it up you right now. Fucker. <laughs> what is the entry level size? One second. One second. I, 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 April 8th, 2022. One second. You can, you can sit there and pull your butt all you want, but I'm almost positive we burned a year of his entry level deal. I'm just going to Google it right now. Well, you know what? This is interesting. So he... Owen Owen Power's salary is 925, and his cap hit is 916 for the 2023 season. His salary is combined of 925 and signing bonuses and 830,000 in base salary. Blah 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 blah. He has signed a one. He signed one contract worth a value of five point five million dollars over a career that spans one season with at least one game played. He has a he. He will be a ten point two C at the end of the twenty two or twenty three twenty four season when he is twenty one years old. Boom, gotcha, bitch. Right here, a player doesn't accrue a completed season for the purposes of free agency salary arbitration eligibility or expansion protection until until he has played 10 games this season. But for the purpose of burning a year of the ELC, one game is all it takes. Right. So my point, my point was more for the RFA UFA because that's what really matters. Yeah. So you understand my point though now? Yeah, but we, we did burn a year of his. No, no, but we didn't burn a year of his UFA RFA status. So, like, when you look at entry level, right? Like, he's going to get paid eventually, right? Correct. But we didn't burn that year of RFA. So, he's under team control for three more years after this before he even gets to sniff RFA. Does that make sense? 
I believe so. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, so we were both right. And I was wrong on part of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but dude, to think that you have Owen Power at a cap hit of nine hundred sixteen thousand yeah. dollars until twenty three, twenty four. Correct. Does that not give you a Woody Pecker? Oh, for sure, absolutely. You yeah, remember absolutely. Austin Powers, the the movie? Yeah. You remember the ending scene yeah. where it's like, "What is that? It looks like a flying Johnson." Wang. Yep. Yeah. Wang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Oh, yeah. This iconic. They did it in both the first and the second. Hey, if we have any young kids listen, they're probably like, "What the fuck's Cully talking about? This old fuck." Yeah, it's great. It's great. Austin Powers is much watch. With that being said, though, just a transition. Uh, obviously, UPL signed because uh, me and Steve, me and producer Steve, were talking about this on. I'll hang up and listen. Who are they going to go to the uh, the prospect challenge with? And net uh, the goalie they picked in the first round. I can't remember how to pronounce his name, but uh, he. Um, if you could look that up real quick for me, uh, colleague. First round, we didn't pick a goalie in the first. Not round. The, the, the first pit. No, he was the first uh, second first round goalie taken. Okay, yeah, I'll do second that for you, Bob. Okay. First pick of the keep second talking, round. Keep talking and I'll find it for you. But um, he got hurt at development camp, so I'm not sure what his uh, health is looking like. But I'm not sure if he's going to be ready. I, I don't know if he's going to be ready for the prospects challenge. We do know goal, college goaltenders cannot compete in the prospects challenge. So that leaves possibly going to UPL, who honestly shouldn't even be playing in the prospects challenge because he's been in the system long enough to the point where he shouldn't even be eligible to play in it. Or um, – not eligible, but, you know, he should be so far along in his development that he should be more concentrated on training camp rather than playing in a prospects challenge. But I don't know what Buffalo's uh, goalie corral outside of what we have with uh, Anderson, Comrie, and then, of course, Levi Portillo looks like, who is eligible to play in this. So the goalie we took in the draft, um, I'm assuming UPL, and who else? All right, so here we go. Um, the Sabres picked uh, Savoy. That's this year, correct? Correct. Why did this skip down at me like that? Motherfucker. I hate these websites. Uh, come on, come on, come on. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Enough of, enough of this. What are you doing? All right, here we go, here we go. Um, no, that's not it. Hold on, give me one second here, Bob. It's all good. Um, and we'll just we'll, no, we'll wrap it's, up. It's, there. it's not loading, it's not loading for me. Well, uh, um, all right, here we go. Got it, got it. Uh, the goalie, the first goalie taken, round two, pick 41, Kapias Leninen. Leninen. Goal I didn't want to butcher it. Um, he was the JYP Liga. Yep, he was the he was the top rated goalie uh, in the draft, and the Sabers took him. Um, a lot of people speculated that didn't mean anything good for Eric Portillo, but I don't think that really means anything. I think you just really never have too many good goaltenders, personally, in my opinion. Um, and he's a development project to begin with, anyways. Well, here's the way I look at it, right? Like if UPL doesn't step up. Okay, then we're going immediately to um, immediately to our, our next two prospects, which is Portillo and and that. Here's oh, well, Dwayne. You want to talk a little? Can we talk a little bit more about um, Lukanen and the details, real quick? 
Yeah, that's that's fine. So he uh, he he had nine starts in Buffalo this year, and nine seventeen save percentage. Okay, six foot five, two uh, two hundred seventeen pounds from Espo. For thirty five games in Rochester, though he was hot and cold and streaky, and went 15, 14, and six with a nine hundred save percentage. That's no good, and a three twenty eight goals against average. But he had a quick turnaround. Like I said, he was streaky. He was AHL Player of the Week in November, which he recorded his first shutout. Okay, mm-hmm. he was selected back in seventeen. Um, he's twenty three, same age as Andrew. Like I said, in the yep. second round, fifty fourth overall, and thirteen career NHL games. He's three eight and two. Like I said, with a nine thirteen and three oh eight save percentage. Now yep. that's basically um, the Sabers. You know, saying, um, you know, like, hey, like, put up or shut up. It's time to yeah, go. Yeah, it's right? a two-way. I think. I think the first year is. Uh, I think. I think. The Here's first- what bothers me. Wouldn't you want? I like. I love Craig Anderson. I think he's great there. But you got to go ride Comrie to see if he can be the bridge guy or the guy, right? Yeah. And then get Yukapakalukin in at least twenty starts to see if. He's a guy in our system, right? Yeah. Because depending on that, you know, maybe it's better for Portillo to play his last year at Michigan or Levi. Listen, I want, I said off the air that I want Levi to win the the bean pot, right? I want him to win hockey. I want him to win the Hobie Baker. I want him to win the Mike Richter. I want him to win the NCAA championship. So he feels he has nothing left to, to fill. Now, exactly. Mike Levine, the associate coach at Northeastern, great man. One of the smartest hockey minds I've ever met. Yep. Good friend of Kyle Quicks, and I got introduced to him a few months ago. We spent a week together. Yep. An awesome guy. He's going to be joining us, and he told us, Dwayne, he's going to bring out a surprise guest. Who do you think that'll be? Let's hope it's Devin. Well, no, he said we can bring on Devin no matter what. I'm hoping. I, I know I can bring on Devin no matter what. No, I know. But who do you think Mike brings on? Think about I all the Northeastern players. I don't know. Maybe it's Hughes. I kind of get the juices one, right? So, guys, if you haven't already, follow follow Mike Levine wherever he's yep. at. He is a fucking genius. Yep. The way this man evaluates talent is out of this world, okay? Yep. Um. So, all right, here we go. I got – I got – uh Tobias Leinen's draft profile. The tall Finnish goaltender could be the first net miner taken in the upcoming draft. Surprise, he was. Okay. No, and thanks. I don't want to get info there. Yeah, he's 6'4". He's from Finland. He plays um, – he was the first uh, – you're right. He was the first European goalie through Central Scouting. Yeah. Top-ranked goalie in Europe is – Obvious in his stature at six foot five, two thousand two or two hundred seven pounds. Is that not exactly what Lukanen is? It is. I just I think you're not. I think with UPL you're not getting the with. with he had you, double hip surgery, bro. I, right. I know. I'm getting to that. Let me talk. Well, I know <laughs> where you were going. I, no, I know, but you just you were just. Uh, uh, where, where's your? Take a breath. You've been talking for five minutes straight. Um, but. After this, after this, we gotta we gotta actually cut loose because I uh, do have a fantasy football draft to go do. Oh, um, fantasy! Well, fine, yeah. hurry up because I'm gonna read the rest of this. Regardless, 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 um, with UPL and uh, 
you know, you're dealing with the double hip surgery, other other injuries uh, along the way. He's never I, been I, in the same sense. You know, and your hips you are so bad. or not? I didn't even hear what you said. I was He's never been the same sense. No, he hasn't been. And until you can piece together a, a full season in the AHL and be consistent, it's hard for me to justify bringing him up, even, even in, a, in, in an extended backup position. 20 games, 10 games. What is like, please give me an answer here, Dwayne. I mean, I don't think, I don't think you're taking that away from Craig Anderson when you're asking him to come away, leave his family again for another year. But um, then what is the point? Unless it's injury. I think, I think for injury purposes. Yeah. Maybe so how gets, many games does UPL get if both goalies stay healthy? Five. Don't you have to see what you have in him? I think that's why he plays down in Rochester. Well, he's been fucking up and down. The American League is a I very different that. league. I understand, that. I, I understand that. But, you know, if if you're going to be the guy, then go be the guy in Rochester, lead them to a Calder Trophy and or Calder Cup, I'm sorry, and, you know, be the guy down there, in my opinion. I just – you, you gotta give, you gotta, you gotta stay, show that yeah, you, of course. you gotta be able to show you can stay healthy for an entire season. And well, I go back to your point when I asked you if he's never been the same goalies that have, there was a study out of McGill university in 2020, because Dwayne, you remember how, when we played our knee pads were connected to our yes. pads and they tucked underneath our pants. Yeah. Well now goalies wear, for those that aren't aware, they wear knee pads that are thick. And they're like uh, basically like a shin pad that stops right like below your shin. So now instead of goalies dropping on the knee stack of their pad uh, that's you know nice and cushiony, yep. they're dropping on hard plastic. It's not only that, McGill University found in their study that there has been more hip replacements among youth goalies. We're talking 15 to 20 years old. There's been a 600% increase since the switch was made from knee pads being attached to the pad from our era and knee pads that took over in 2016. That is, that is like undeniable numbers. Yes or no? Yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's very concerning. It's Did very he have one hip surgery. No, he had two. Hips. And he's had other injuries along the way, lower body injuries. I'm All right, let me let me finish this off so we can finish this out. Back to because uh, I I'm interested. I I honestly didn't look into Tobias. Tobias, I want to call him Tobias. I had a good friend Tobias. named Tobias. Tobias Lee in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Real quick. Um, he's a big body goalie who takes up the net. His best play in the tournament was mostly solid. He's at his best in a structured format when his team plays lost in their own zone. He tends to follow suit and kicks pucks back out in the scoring areas or allows he's the goal to, like to have back. Don't like that. But the kid has all the tools. He will need time. He could be the first goalie off the board in Montreal, which he was. A team with multiple pitches like a round, blah, blah, blah. Okay? Cut to the chase. The first thing you'll notice about him is his size. He's like a gigantic frame, takes up the net, and there is room for him to still grow physically. What's most impressive about him is that is with his size, he still possesses great speed and agility. His ability to read plays allows him to set up in proper position, relying on technique and body to take away shooting angles. Yeah. And will need to work on certain aspects of his game. As all young goaltenders do, he's still very raw, but with good upside. You can quote me. He's a big goalie, moving good, young, and he stops the puck. I like that. Thatcher Demko comparison, not a yeah, bad comparison, not a bad comparison at all. All right, so Lucanin's contract, like you mentioned, 830. Dude, that's a low. See, this is what concerns me, Dwayne, because of all the injuries. 
you would think a guy that we invested in, he would make more than that. Nope. He's he, making the league minimum, bro. It's a prove-it deal. It's a prove-it deal. Yeah, show us that you can stay healthy. 100%. It was off, though. He's 10 pounds heavier than the other kid. But, but they're both um, from him, and that's I so think, funny. I, I want to say – I want to say one year of the two-year deal is a one-way deal, and the other year is a two-way deal. I can't. I. I I'm not a hundred percent positive that's how the, how it works. I, th- I thought I read that on Twitter, but regardless, it's a prove-it deal. You got to prove it that you can. No, at least, they're both. They're both. Oh, it's a two-way two deal. Okay. Um. He. You have to prove it down in the A to start the season because obviously you will not be up in the NHL. You know, if you get a chance to play up in the NHL, you know, take advantage of it like you did last year. But you can't get hurt. You have to stay healthy. And, you know, the Sabres can't invest a lot of money in a goalie who's already has a, you know, long, long injury history. Um, and I, I just I, I don't feel comfortable investing money into that, especially when you have the goalies in the, in the pipeline that you have. Um, one of which that you would assume would sign his pro contract, both hopefully at the end of the season. So his. Okay, I'm pulling it. I have it right here in front of me. Okay. His contract is Jesus. Why can't this show me so easily? Um yeah, they're both they're both two ways, bro. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was all right. So I thought I read that one was one way, one year was one way, uh, the other year was two way, but no two things um... I wanted to bring up and then I'll leave you to finish it, okay? Top 20, these lists are kind of fucked, aren't they? The top yeah. 20s. Yeah. At number 18, Rasmus Dahlin in his fourth NHL season, number one pick, set NHL career highs in goals, assists, points 53, power play points 21, shooting percentage 7.6, that's super high, and time on ice led the team 24 minutes in 80 games. That's healthy. That's a healthy Dahlin. And yep. now he gets throwing power to split the load. Yeah, and create uh, and create mismatches when it comes to matchups. Exactly. And a wizard at that. Um, yep. so is Ellis. He'll help there too. 22-year-old led the Sabres in hits at 121. And when you think about that, that's funny because when you think about Rasmus Dalin, what do you think of? Skill, Calvacar yes. type offense. He can hit, man. He can throw the bodies. Have you seen it, man? He, he and, throws a pretty good hip check too. Here's the most impressive thing to me. He tied for the lead in block shots, 91. So here's here's uh, Ken Danico. Did we have him on the show? Yeah, I think we did. Who? Ken Danico. Oh, yeah, we definitely had Ken Danico on the show. So Danico, friend of the show, a couple clicks. Here's what he had to say. He's that typical young defender that's had some growing pains along the way with a tough team in Buffalo. But as the Buffalo Sabres get better, and they are starting to, his on-ice awareness, his playmaking ability, has all the tools. He sees the ice very well. He had a great year, and I only expect him to get better and better. Okay? You know who's right below him on the list? Who's that? Drew fucking Dowdy, a guy that I had the pleasure of playing against for eight games, and he fucking torched me, and he was yeah, so deceptive. I think Drew Dowdy could win the Norris this year. That's that's a hot take. Really? Is it? Because you know guy, with, the with list? guys with, with Lorensky. You know who's after? You know who's above um, him at nineteen? I mean, with guys like Kale, with Gal McCarr, Darlene, um, 
who am I thinking from uh, Nashville? Let's see that you want me to read off the list real quick. So it goes uh, real quick, and then you tell me Brent Burns at 20, Petrangelo, former captain of mine, not a big deal, at 19, Darlene at 18, or Drew Doughty at 17, Zach Wierenski at 16, Shea Theodore at 15, Morgan Riley at 14. Get the fuck out of here. Jacob Slavin, 13. That's He's I like him. Quinn Hughes at 12. Moritz Sider at 11. Get the fuck out of here. He's Just because so he won the call it doesn't mean he's that good. He's so but good. he did have a great season. Um, 50 points, 43 assists, 23. He had a well, anyways. Um Miro Heskinen at 10. Uh John Carlson at nine. Devin yep. Tays after what he did with the Avalanche at eight. Keep in mind, Lou Lamarillo, the genius. You know what Colorado traded Devin Tays for? Two second round picks. Yep. And he's the reason that they had the depth to win the Stanley Cup. Um, seven, Aaron Eckblad. Uh, Windsor guy I got to skate with, really good kid. Six, uh, I'll let you guess these last couple really quick. Um, number six, Hint. Uh, one of uh, three hundred miles. Johnny, 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 I don't have time for hints, buddy. I got, Chris, I got Chris <laughs> number five, Charlie McAvoy, number four, Adam Fox, number three, Roman Yossi, number two, Victor Hedman, and who's number one? Uh, is it Cal McCarr? Yeah, you betcha. All right, so before running out the show, any thoughts, Dwayne? No, just that I wanted, I wanted to, I mean, we could save you know, the bulk of this conversation for the next show. Uh, where I hope to have Melody Martin on with us. Uh, super fan of the Buffalo oh, Sabres. She's agreed to come on. Uh, she's pretty good. She's pretty good. She's she's pretty as just as excited as we are for the start of the season. Um, but um, you know, just when you think of that, you know, Spit and Chicklets tweeted out that the, the, the Sabres go ahead logo, and who do you think of the most? Or uh, you know, when you see this and other people said, who is your top five in the goat head years? And like, who, who's your top players you think five players you think about? Just, I present that question to you and I'll give you mine real quick. Obviously, obviously Dominic Kashuk being number one. I think guys like La, even though he only played, I'll give him an honorable mention. I think of La Fontaine. I think he was just an unbelievable human being. And Wait, really- can I stop you? What years the Sabres were the, the year, the, the 96, 97 to 05, 06. 96 to what? 96, 97 season to the 05, 06 season. Okay, go ahead. So I think I think guys like Hashik and LaFontaine, but um, McKee, uh, Jason Daw, Derek Plant, Brian Holzinger, those are my guys. People, most people say Ryan Miller, and sure, I'd say Ryan Miller too. Briere, Jury, Vanek, Fedegano. But those were the guys I grew up watching, and that's what those are the guys that made me fall in love with the Sabres was the Derek Plants, the Jason Dawes, outside outside of Hashik, at least, you know, Ray, Barnaby, the Boogeyman, Bob Boopner, um, yeah. Michael Pekka, Michael Pekka, you know, just all these Jason Woolley, you know, Richard Schmelick, Alexi Zitnik, all those guys, man. Like, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. You said give me your top five. And, and... Oh, oh, top five. Okay, top five will be Hashik. Is this in order or just top five? Well, Hashik being number one, and you can take the other four. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Hashik, Pekka, Zitnik. I will. I'll, I'll throw Miller in there. I'll throw Miller in there. Yeah, but he only played. It's a tight race. It's a tight race between 
it's a tight race between Ray and Barnaby for, to, to end it out. So. All right. Can I give mine? Give him up. Miroslav Shatan. Good one. Danny Briere, Chris Jury, Finneganoff. And then Hashik's obviously number one, right? But here's yeah. my honorable mention in no particular order Curtis Brown, JP Dumont. Curtis Brown. And Wooly Zitnik and Pekka. You know, I, I think my honorable mentions would be definitely Plant, Derek Plant, because I think Derek Plant scored my favorite Sabres goal of all time. Oh, Fred God. Let me redo my list. Let me redo my list. Sorry. Top five, Hashik, Shields, Pekka, Zitnik, and then still bringing up the rear, Ray Barnaby. No Briera jury, eh? No, no. Those are those. I mean, I grew up. The, those are the guys that made me fall in love with the Sabres. Dude, I'm not sure. No, I, I love Briera. I love Briera. And then again, Derek Plant scored my favorite goal all of all time. Buffalo Sabres goal of all time. Jason Daw, Dawson, Brian Holzinger, Five Holzinger. Like it was just you know, all those guys. They they really exemplified, you know, blue collar mentality of the of, of Buffalo, New York, and just. They knew how much this team meant to us, and they went out there and they showed it every single night. They 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 didn't take us for granted, and that here's got the, lost for a while. That got lost for a while up until last season. I feel. And here's why Curtis Brown was my honorable mention. You know we don't remember it, but in that '99 Cup run, he put up 13 points. Yep, and he yeah, was he so versatile that you could use him, and he had a lot of memorable goals in that run, including that OT winner in the I think it was the what is it one playoffs? I believe and so. And yeah. he had a shorter, uh, uh, shorthanded marker in the next uh, yep. series. Um, but dude, like he was part of that '99 run. Uh, he was great. A Finnegan off, really nothing. No, I'm just going. I'm going. No, I know, I know, I know. I just, just, just. just I respect your list. Oh like, no, I'm, I'm, off, I'm in the top ten. I'm going for. Oh yeah, for sure, Mac. I mean, he was he was he was absolutely electric to watch. Every time he touched the puck, he, he, he made me feel the same way Lafontaine made me feel. Is every time he touched the puck, you knew something exciting was going to happen. You, you know saw him cool? coming up the wing with some open ice. Oh. You knew something exciting was going to happen in the dead puck era too. You got to remember yeah. that. Like this is before the rule change, right? For the majority yep. of these guys, the, the the post lockout when the rules finally changed, where they took away two line passing and all that jazz, like and everything opened up so much more. And the Sabers really took off because they had so much youth and speed. And you added in your Drury, you added in your Breer, you had Ryan Miller, you know, in full development. Um, they were ready to win right then and there, and they did. So. I have to I have to say one thing, okay? Zitnik and Wooly both put up 15 points in that cup run in 99. And, um, you know, like I said, Wooly had the OT winner in Dallas, which was pretty important in that game one, right? Yep. And he, he you know, he had 10 goals and 43 points in the regular season. He uh, played six years in Buffalo's, only wearing the goat head. Um, but Zitnik, okay? We got to remember, he was acquired for a friend of the show and 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 one of the best of all time, Grant Fear, and that blockbuster deal, right? Yep. Nick yep. was here for the whole Goathead era. Yep. And here's the most important part, because life is bigger than hockey. Jitnik is a Ukrainian national, and, and he's over there fighting. prayers. And I know that that is just words, but you know, for for what's going on, you know, outside of hockey. 
you know, it was, I'm really hoping the best for him and his family um, and his extended family over there. Uh, I hope the world comes to its senses and we can get back to, you know, this divide that has been created, not only in our own country, but it seems worldwide. I know a lot of people are struggling and, you know, in, in my small speck of the world, you know, of having to, you know, change prices and, and increase prices because of the driving but that's so small potatoes compared yeah. to what people are going on in. And I think we need to remind ourselves how lucky yeah. we are. So just um, thoughts and prayers and, and hopefully the world can come to its senses um, because we live, I used to think in the greatest country on earth that is, it allows us to talk about things like this and in a, in a weird moment of reflection from Cully, um, which is usually Dwayne doing this. I, I just pray and I pray for for the resolution and, and, and the safety of all those affected. And mm-hmm. and I feel for, you know, and not to take Russia side any of this, but some of these young Russian players that got passed over in the draft just because of what's going on for a leader that they might yep. not support. I like talk about Panarin coming out against him, and he had to have a security detail follow him around New York City. Yeah. It's bigger than hockey sometimes, guys. Dwayne, an excellent show. Um, I think your list was great. I think that we'll get we'll dive, we'll dive, we'll, we'll Look dive behind your right shoulder. What's behind your right shoulder? Oh, um, the skateboard. No, whose jersey? Oh, uh, the Hashik jersey. Dominic Hashik, number one, all time. And and I I just uh, he's our white whale, you know. Yep. I so, would would love. I know he's very recluse, but it'd be great to um, get him on someday. That, that, that's obviously that's obviously the goal. The the, uh, uh, the one similarity between me, you, and my brother. Okay, my brother was yeah. born in '84. You were one in '89. '87. '87. So he's three years older than you. I'm four years younger than you. What's the one common thing that we all have that Dominic made us always? Dominic Kashuk. And I think that's a great way to go out in the show. Yep. Okay. So, greatest um, of all time, hands down. Um, wait, wait, have, wait, wait. What about that? What about my jersey? That's well, not my jersey, but the jersey I gave to your collection. Well, he can go fuck himself. That's how. That's how he feel with Patrick Waugh. So, uh, I but no, I piggyback off your feelings about Ukraine. I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, to you know to. Do do what Russia did, what Vladimir Putin did, and to awesome. to, invade, to, to evade to invade a country unwarranted without, without absolutely zero justification. The lie about people, it to see the people of Ukraine step up, not step up, but fight for their livelihood uh, and protect themselves when no one else will. You know, to see their leader out there on the front lines fighting with them, to see guys like Vladimir Klitschko, the Klitschko brothers out there fighting with them. Love what they've done. Love what they've done. Great point, Twin. Alexei Zhitnik is out there, you know, defending his homeland. You know, it's 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 wild. And like I said, hopefully resolution is brought soon because you know Vladimir Putin is a war criminal, and there's no other way to no no other way to you know shape that shape that thought. He's he's a war criminal, and the man the man deserves to be locked up. You know, like a war criminal, but he won't be. Um, Let me and, ask you a tough question. What's up? Ovechkin, very close to Putin, and I—I I don't know if he's had a choice, being high profile. 
and we've seen those clips post or pre-invasion yep. of them letting him score in those exhibition games. And yeah, I've always true. heard the joke about if you didn't let him score, like that goalie that let in the weak goal. Yeah. That he would have been found in a field. Weak. They were all weak. They were all weak goals. I know, but like, like the scary part is, is if that You're terrified guy, of the guy. You're terrified of the guy. If that that goalie just in the moment forgets who's who he's playing against, he probably didn't even think about the game. He probably just thought about every time Putin touches the puck, I gotta let it in. Yeah. And you know it's hard sometimes when you're trying to let the puck in, and and you know a non-skilled hockey player like that shoots, you save it. That yeah. could have cost him his life, and oh, that's how yeah, fucked that's up how things are over there. That's how much a mania. That's how big of a lunatic he is, man. He's literally over there lying to his people, telling them that you know. The uh, Zelensky, the uh, the leader of Ukraine, is you know an anti semite. You know he's a he's a Nazi, but he's, he's Jewish. Jewish. He's Jewish. Like it's all lies. All yeah. lies. Now, hey, on one political point, there is a, a small fraction. I don't want to say small. There is a fraction of the Azov Battalion that is extremely right wing, but there's also people in Russia that call for the eradication of Ukrainians as yeah. subhumans. Any speak like that to me places you in a psych, psych like you're a you're a psychopath or sociopath. Yeah. And um to, to get back to it, like does that affect Ovechkin's reputation? I know he's skated around it for I so think, long, I but think, it's I ongoing. Think it does, I think it does to a certain extent. He I plays think, for Washington Capitals and our nation's capital. How is yeah. this not talked about enough? I know I think it's been talked about a lot. I think with the off season, things have died down like quite a bit. I haven't heard much. At, I, but no, that's what I'm saying. It's died down quite a bit because of the off season. But I think once, uh, you know, the season rages on and his war keeps to continue on and more people, and his people need to die, I think it will be brought to light again. I think he will get asked questions. So um, I do know that he did make comments, you know, to please stop the war. He didn't directly condemn Vladimir Putin, but I, after seeing what happened to Artemi Panarin, how can you blame him? I mean, his whole family's over there. You know, condemn Putin. You, you, they, had to, they had to get him out of there. They did get him out of there? Uh, or they do got to get him out of there? switched to my agent, Paul Theophanis. So did Bobrovsky, okay? And I know it's not been talked about, and he might have some distant relatives, but they were able to carry out with the assistance, here's the cool part. My and then I'll wrap it up in this. My agent Paul Theophanis was, um, you know, he, he, you know, he became a lawyer. He was, you know, yeah. special forces, and you know, used the GI Bill to pay for his school. Went to law school, became an yeah. NHL agent. After 9/11, this motherfucking badass Paul Theophanis, look it up. He went back and spot fought with the, the Rangers, the Spec Ops, and, for five years. Comes back in 0506, not a big deal. Starts representing his clients again. So That's no awesome. doubt, uh, Panarin's agent. Remember in Columbus when he switched right before he got yep. traded? Him and Bobrovsky Bolt. Yep. They went to my old agent. Paul Theophanis is a badass motherfucker. He's the best American. He's what represents us. He's a guy that could have stayed home in his Cush NHL agent gig. Instead, he went back to fight for our country, USA. And, and I heard that, no, it's, I just think, I know, I have no, uh, I can't confirm this on the air, 
But I'd like to think that Paul had uh, a few favors called in to make sure that his players' families were safe. We need more human beings like that. Dwayne, hell of a show. I, I, I love it. I know you got to go. We've taken up a lot of time. Guys, we are going to have in our next show our preview, um, not only for the Atlantic Division. We're going to try to do the whole Eastern Conference. We got a couple of great guests coming on. Uh, Quentin Musty, uh, friend of the show, and you know, the wearer of these gloves, scored a beautiful goal and was the best player for Team USA in the Holinka Gretzky tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you turn in the U.S. women. Beat Canada in the round robin. They're playing in the Women's World Championship. Hillary Knight set the check that out. And Hillary Knight set the all-time record for she women. She did set it. Yep. So good. Which is, which is you know, she she's been a trailblazer for women's hockey for. Well, for and, and and not to you know, Canadian. She passed Wickenheiser. Yep. Yep. And trailblazers, right? So good for Hillary Knight. Um, Amanda Kessel's right up there too. Yep. Um, hey, last question. Would Phil Kessel fit with us? And wait, sure. <laughs> but uh hey, yeah. I love it. I love it. Hey, it's so good to be back. My yep. apologies to all the fans. Uh, I've had a very busy, very busy past couple months getting my goalies ready. Any young goalies out there, uh, reach out to me, big game goaltending academy. Um, you know, we love what we do and uh we do a really good job with it and Yep. You know, your kid comes first. There's not one right way to play goalie. Every goalie is different. We take pride in and in, in, in keeping the numbers small. Um, yeah. So quick shout out to me. But, Dwayne, what is this episode brought to you by? Outlet, Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case over on Georgia Rim Boulevard. All your game day, Bill's game day, game night now, uh, Thursday night football next week. A week away, uh, baby. Exactly, a week away. And um, Sabres game nights. Get over to Outlet Liquor, place to buy a case. Uh, sponsoring two goalies, one Mike. I'm Dwayne Sino for Jonathan Cullen. Uh, this has been episode 105, the Goat Head episode. Uh, we will get more more into that next week with Melody Martin. Uh, but we will catch you next week. Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies on Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests the blue hotel hotline and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel Begins Friday, September 23rd.
I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.